Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Canada has a lot of work to do to improve relationships with Indigenous communities, but how will we get there as a country? According to Roberta Jameson, the solution goes beyond charity. It requires philanthropy based on Indigenous reciprocity. Welcome to the conversation piece. This is Roberta Jameson. Sego, Scano, Schwan, Beaujol, Bonsoir, good evening all. I'm Roberta Jameson. I first acknowledge and honor all the centuries of Indigenous peoples who went before us on these lands on which we meet tonight. Tolontoamtalio is the name of this place in Mohawk, my language. It means the place of the log in the water on the beautiful lake. And that's where we're meeting tonight. Toronto, in English, of course. Tonight's topic is philanthropy, but I want to talk about indigenous reciprocity. Decolonized philanthropy, one might say. Reciprocity is a deeply rooted concept amongst indigenous peoples, internationally in fact, because we all learn about reciprocity from the way nature works. Nature's bountiful and generous philanthropy acts not for altruism, not for benevolence, but giving to keep the cycles of life moving and strengthening. Indigenous reciprocity almost always arises from a relationship involving mutual respect, humbleness, joy, and appreciation. As the Cherokee philosopher, brilliant woman, Rebecca Adamson puts it, and I quote, I honor you by giving. You honor me by receiving, end quote. You see all this built into the treaty relationship, which is the very foundation of Canada's existence. History tells us that it was indigenous people who agreed to allow a portion of their lands to be taken up for immigration and settlement, to begin a mutually reciprocal relationship. The spirit and intent of treaties was indigenous philanthropy at its best, one might say, the sharing of lands so two peoples could live side by side in peaceful coexistence and mutual support. Well, somehow the idea of colonization of the Indians got in the way. So for the next few minutes, 
I want to think aloud about the decolonization of philanthropy in its relationship with indigenous peoples. To develop, I want to talk about developing a reciprocity as a tool in decolonizing the terribly damaging negative relationship which has prevailed in this country, particularly since 1867. Am I saying that philanthropy is a part of a colonial approach? There are notable exceptions, but well, yes. Any approach that starts out with the premise of helping the Indians to participate in our society is not that much different than a government which decides, or a church which decides, that we, what we need are residential schools. What we need is to be freed from our traditional communities. What we need is to move to the city and prosper, and so on. What we really require is respect and space to determine our own future to make our own decisions as indigenous peoples. Space in Canada to take our rightful place. Well, yes, and one requires access to resources to realize that potential. Well, all of this is where decolonized philanthropy, reciprocal philanthropy, has a welcome role and offers such promise of mutual enrichment. The potential of reciprocity can be realized when two parties work together towards a shared goal. In those terms, the potential of philanthropy in moving to reciprocity offers the opportunity for two cultures to come together to move beyond assessing blame and instead concentrate on the creation of solutions. So that's the question we ask of philanthropy. Can we develop these decolonized reciprocal relationships with indigenous peoples? Not to help them, not because we're poor and needy. Of course we are poor and needy as a result of colonization. So more of that is not going to be the solution. Instead, we require support to strengthen our ability to make our full contribution to society and to the future of everyone's children, whether that's in traditional healing, living in harmony with the environment, conflict resolution, these enriching things that we are missing out on in this country. If that's all to happen, then we have to work together. We've got to change the rules of engagement. If we're to move philanthropy into reciprocity, it means building, nourishing, cherishing a long-term relationship. This means relationships which really cherish opportunities for giving and giving back, 
many times over. Indigenous reciprocity requires development of an interconnectedness of the parties involved. It requires building networks of trust. It requires building friendships. It implies that we truly see ourselves as part of the same whole. There is no room in our way of thinking for us and them. Everyone is us, members of the same family, children of the same earth, part of the same creation. Again, quoting Rebecca Adamson. She said, the traditional philanthropic paradigm is a transaction. One gives, the other receives. This is alien to most indigenous communities where givers become receivers who become givers. If we want to change outcomes in indigenous communities, the first step for donors is self-reflection." End quote. We need to understand that cash cannot buy relationships, nor can it be a substitute for human involvement. To see that transparency, trust, and compliance are natural components of good, healthy relationships. Inspire, the charity of which I'm privileged to be CEO and president, is all about reciprocity. Of course, we raise funds and millions of dollars annually and have provided $80 million through 25,000 bursaries so Indigenous students can realize their potential as Indigenous people. We've never thought of this as philanthropy, nor do the students think of themselves as recipients of benevolence. Rather, it is pure reciprocity. We support Indigenous students so that they can realize their immense potential to achieve for their own well-being and that of their families, their communities, their nations, Canada, and the world. Indigenous students implicitly understand the reciprocity that is involved here, the obligation they accept as recipients the obligation to keep the cycle of giving moving. We hear it over and over. They want to give back, to use their potential to improve the well-being not only of human life in their communities, but the well-being of our mother, the earth. If our current generation of Indigenous youth, Canada's fastest growing demographic group is supported so they can become achievers as indigenous people validated in that identity and with space for them to make their contributions. They will bring change. There are change agents in their circumstances, their families, their communities, and Canada 
we will be so much richer for it. I am so privileged and proud to be part of this reciprocity engine. I invite you to join in this reciprocal project. I offer these thoughts to you as perhaps the most important thing I do in my life is be a Duddha. I'm a grandmother, and I have responsibilities as a result. And being part of giving back and sharing and providing support and opportunity to enrich our young people, this country, and the world, frankly, is a wonderful gift. I offer these thoughts to you as a contribution of indigenous thought to philanthropy. Thank you for listening to my words. Roberta Jameson is a Mohawk woman from Six Nations of the Grand River. She's the former president and CEO of Inspire and is on the board of directors for RBC. She spoke at the Walrus Talks Philanthropy in 2015. And she's just one of the over 800 fantastic Canadians who have wheeled, walked, or virtually zoomed onto a stage at the Walrus Talks and the Walrus Talks at Home. If you like this show, we'd appreciate it if you'd take a few moments to do these three things. Subscribe, leave a rating and review, and share this episode with one of your loved ones. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.